Well, hi, guys. Welcome to the first edition of the College Age Movement podcast. Uh, What we're going to start is just a simple podcast. It's a mic, a laptop, and me having a conversation with you, uh, going through content that we go through on Tuesday nights through our sermon series. And our hope is that this turns into something more, that this turns into um, something where we can have dialogue, we can have conversation, we can have roundtables. But right now, what we want is we want to put content in your ears because we know that you're not going to make every Tuesday night, and our hope is that this isn't an excuse to not come on Tuesday nights, but what this is is an opportunity for you to get caught up on content that you may have missed on a week, or uh, if you've missed a month or you're out of town, whatever it may be, um, you can still log in and hear what's going on at College Age Movement. So the first uh, podcast we're going to go through is we're going to walk through the series in Jonah that we spent uh, about the last month. So we're going to recap that on four separate podcasts, walking through these four weeks that we spent walking through the simple story of Jonah. And so Jonah is a story that most of us have grown up with. We, We have have known the story. It's been a flannel board. If you've been in church, like, you know, the story of silly Jonah and, uh, how he tried to run away from God and he gets swallowed by this whale. And it's just this fun story that we like to, to make cartoons off of. And it's, it's just crazy, but it's actually a story that has so much content in it that we can pull out of. And so what I want to do is walk through the first part of the story of Jonah and, uh, look at specifically Jonah chapter one. So we're going to give a little bit of a background on Jonah and kind of what's going on here. But I think one of the points that we made that uh, we'll see to continue uh, being very prevalent in the story is that Jonah is frustratingly relatable. That Jonah is this biblical character that is kind of unlike other biblical characters that we see in a lot of biblical characters, we see people that we want to end up being, these these Bible greats, and we're going to strive and we're going to try to do everything that we can to be just like that. But Jonah is kind of a biblical character that we see ourselves in already, and it's not really necessarily a good thing that, that he's human and he's broken and he's messy and he doesn't like to listen to God, and I think that we can find ourselves in that story so, so easily. So to start out, we're going to be in Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And it says this, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. It's important to point out that Jonah was a part of God's chosen people. He was Hebrew, and God spoke directly to him. And that should be such an incredible honor, right? But instead, Jonah doesn't quite understand what an honor that is. You see, this is this is pre-Jesus. This is pre-Pentecost. Not every single person has access to God. That prophets like Jonah were, were, not, were a rarity. That God didn't speak directly to people like he does today. But Jonah, even in that, he failed to realize what that meant for his life and that, that he was ordained to do and be something different. But God was was so aware of who Jonah was and how imperfect he was. He understood that Jonah had capabilities and Jonah had influence, but he also knew that Jonah was not a perfect man. And so the first point tonight is this, is that we are imperfect, but we are chosen anyway. And that should sound incredibly familiar. There were fully capable men that God could have sent to Nineveh. Not perfect, but surely more together than our friend Jonah. 
And I think that that fact points us to the truth that God is is different, and, and this is an idea of who God is and how God operates. He's not into the game of predictability. He knew that there was a 50-50 chance with Jonah. He knew that I, I, he was going to ask him to do something, and that Jonah very easily could say no, that this wasn't somebody who was faithful all the time. Like He knew Jonah's heart. He knew Jonah better than he knows himself in this in this moment. And Jonah gets the opportunity to respond and, and unfortunately doesn't respond in a great way. But I think that we can look at this point and we can look at ourselves and, and ask ourselves a question like, how many times have I looked at other people and what they're doing, whether it be a pastor, uh, whether it be somebody in our community and say like, wow, what incredible people. Like, man, God is going to do something through them. That, that is unbelievable. Good on them. And this is pure speculation, but I'm sure Jonah found himself in a similar situation. And yet God said, you, Jonah, not them, not the people that you deem incredible, not the people that you deem equipped. No, I'm equipping you. And he says, you, son of Amittai, go. God's not worried about the predictability. He's not worried about who would give him the better batting average. He wants Jonah specifically, and he wants Jonah for a very specific reason because he knows that Jonah has a lesson to learn, and he knows that through the life of Jonah and through the lessons that Jonah learns that so many people would learn a lesson as well. So God asks Jonah, Jonah, son of Amittai, go. And Jonah responds like many of us would. So we're going to look at Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. And it says this, it says, But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So he runs. And most of us probably know what it's like to run away or avoid the call of God. Like some of us have had very specific things that God has placed on our hearts. And some of us have just had things that God has maybe placed on our heart for a moment. But most of us can probably relate with this idea of, of walking away or actually running away from the call of God. And so there's one phrase in verse 3 that I really, really want to point out. And that phrase is this, is it's, After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So the second point is this, is there is a cost to running. There's a cost to running. And that isn't a threat. It's just a reality. But when we run from God, it costs us. And sometimes it costs the people we love something. It doesn't mean that we will be hurt or that God will take something away from us. But we have to understand that our lives are to be lived in pursuit of God. And when we do not do that, there is going to be a cost. And God wants to grow you in the opportunity. He wants to build you, build into you this call that he has on our lives, this call that he has on your life specifically. And, and when we run from God, we, we are losing something in that. And it, it might not be a cost to us. Like maybe we won't feel it, but maybe there's somebody that you're supposed to go have a conversation with and the, the call that God has placed on your life is them. And if you run away from that call to have that conversation, it might not be costing you something, but it's definitely costing them something. And as followers of Jesus, we cannot run away from the call of God because it's not just about us. It's not just about our personal relationship with Jesus. It's also about other people in our lives and in our communities knowing the love of God. 
And so one of the things that I would ask of you is to not postpone the growth that God has for you today. Do not postpone the growth that God has for you today. You have been called to grow today. You have been called to grow this week, this month. And if we set ourselves in a way, in a posture that says, hey, I'm going to make sure that I'm growing on a consistent basis, man, we will see this this exponential return. And we will see people in our lives getting to know Jesus. And we will see ourselves strengthening our relationship with Jesus and becoming that much more influential for the kingdom of God. So do not postpone the growth that God has for you today. And I think it's so important that we understand that the cost of running from Jesus isn't the loss of something that we already have. It's often the missed opportunity of gaining something that we don't. I want to say that one more time. The cost of running from Jesus isn't the loss of something you already have. It is often the missed opportunity of gaining something that you don't. So how many things have we missed out on because we've ran from the call of God? It's not about having something being taken away from you. It's about missing that opportunity or missing that thing that God has for you if you would just say yes and step into the call that God has for you. But Jonah in this story does run like we so often do. He doesn't want anything to do with the call that Jesus has for him. So a question that I would pose is this, is why, why do we run? I think sometimes it's fear. And we have different reasons that we struggle with fear. One would be that I'm not qualified and I don't want to sound like a downer, and I don't want to say that that uh, you're not worthy, but we, we just never will be qualified. We just never will be. We will never be fully qualified to do the work that God is calling us to do. This is this is eternity stuff. This is things that, that literally deals with people's forever. And we as mere mortals will never have the equipping or the qualifications to be fully equipped to do what God is asking us to do. But that's why... We have an incredible God who's willing to walk right next to us, and he qualifies us because he is with us every step of the way. He fills the gaps. Another reason that we get scared is that it sounds risky. But I, I just want to say this is that the life change rarely happens without a risk being taken. When we look at the things in our lives, when we make the big decisions, there's always risk involved, whether it be a relationship that you're entering into, a friendship that you're continuing to have, a a choice of school, a choice of vocation, whatever it may be, there is risk involved. And when something is worth going after, it's going to have risk involved. So we should not be afraid of taking risks because God has called us to do just that. And then another reason that we, we are fearful is that it just simply sounds difficult. But growth is never easy. Nothing worth having ever comes easy. That God has called us to grind and God has called us to work hard for the things in our lives. And that includes our relationship with Jesus. And it also includes stepping into the call that Jesus has on our lives. So whatever it may be, wherever your mission field may be, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be risky and you will never be qualified. But God is right there with you every step of the way. So instead of running, let's lean into Jesus and say, I'm not going to run, but man, I need you to carry me through this because I cannot do it on our own. And sometimes it's actually not even fear. I think that with Jonah, it's actually more about pride. And pride is a killer of purpose. Pride is a killer of purpose. You see, the Ninevites were the untouchables. They were an idolatrous and sinful group, and Jonah didn't think they deserved to be warned. He didn't think they deserved to be saved. So in this moment, Jonah allowed his own feelings toward a group of people 
get in the way of what God felt for them, his love and the, this grace that he wanted to give them, the mercy that he wanted to show them. But Jonah allowed his own feelings to step in the way of what God felt for them. And, and instead of communicating what God was trying to communicate, Jonah, in his fleeing away from this call that God had placed on his life, showed that, that he didn't think that the Ninevites were worthy of being warned or saved. And so question, does that sound familiar? I mean, Jonah was a sinner who had an obvious habit of judging other people's sin. And I think that we can be so guilty of doing the same thing, that other people's sin is way more yucky than our sin. That the way other people sin is far worse than the way that we sin. And that even if our sin is similar, we have an easy way to justify our own sin because we're always in our own minds and we're thinking like, that's why I do that. That's what I've been through. And that's why I'm allowed in my own mind to sin in that way. But the way that they're doing it, mm, yuck, I don't like that. That that seems filthy. That seems wrong. That seems um, unjustifiable. And we need to be people who, who run away from that mindset, that we would never look at somebody else's sin and say, that's not worth being saved. That's not worth being redeemed. But mine is. We need to avoid that. We need to flee from that every second of every day and understand that sin is sin is sin is sin and that we are supposed to step into the mess with people, into their mess and allow them into our mess and understand that God, the creator, the one who hung the stars in the sky is willing to redeem each and every sin that each and every person commits. But as we look at this and we understand that there are people in our lives that we may deem as untouchables, people that we feel uncomfortable being around because of the way that they live their lives or because of the things that they do. So the question we have to ask is, who are those people? Who are the untouchables in our lives? And my challenge would be this, is that as you start to figure out who you are most uncomfortable with and who you may deem as the untouchables in your life, that you would find strategic ways to place yourselves right in the midst of them. Now, I'm not saying that you go live the lifestyle that they're living or that you, you go into a group of people that have more influence on you than you have influence on them. But what I'm saying is that we need to make sure that we go and we speak to and we love people who are the hardest people for us to love. That if you struggle with a specific type of sin in other people, that you should put yourself in the midst of that and help them sin no longer. And that means doesn't mean that you judge them. That doesn't mean that you condemn. That means that you go in and that you show them the love of Jesus and that you allow Jesus to work in their lives. We are not called to convict other people. We are called to introduce other people to Jesus and allow Jesus to have those hard conversations too. And once people accept Jesus, once people surrender their lives to Jesus and they, they say, hey, like I want to follow Jesus with everything that I have, then maybe we get to have some hard conversations after that and say, hey, you said you wanted to surrender your life to Jesus, great, that's awesome. So here's some hard conversations that we need to have because I love Jesus and you love Jesus and we need to be fully and completely honest with one another. So going uh, a little bit further in Jonah chapter one, we're gonna look at several verses and grab one more point out of that. It's Jonah chapter one, verses four through 16. And it says this, it says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. 
But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? For they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. So the last point I want to talk about is this, is that God does not miss opportunities. God does not miss opportunities. That even in Jonah's disobedience, God used it to show not only Jonah his power, but also a group of sailors his power. That he sent this storm that was threatening to tear apart an entire ship. And he wanted to show Jonah like, hey, you're trying to run from me, but I want you to know and who you are running from that I am God and that I can do anything that I want and I still want you to obey me. But even in that, Jonah running from the call of God, God still used it as an opportunity to show the community of people that Jonah was specifically with at that time his power as well. You see, we need to realize that God can use our lives as an example of his power, whether we want him to do so or not. And that's not to say that God is going to force you into something but our circumstances and our testimonies will be defined by the power of God so often. And he's going to show up and he's going to either show it through our mess or he's going to throw it through our triumphs. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on the willing side of God's power every single time that I would say yes to the call of Jesus, that I would step in, in rhythm with him as frequently as possible. And that because of that, people around me would see the power of God. You see, God does not miss opportunities. So let's make sure that we do not miss opportunities to follow God. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of uh, Jonah. And uh, we will get back at you with these next three parts. Thanks for tuning in.